Welcome to the Sober Bliss Podcast, bringing you hints, tips, advice and inspiration as you walk your path to living a rich and full alcohol-free life. Discover why sobriety is the most loving gift of self-care and self-love and how you can feel empowered and joyous with your choice to live the abundant life of alcohol freedom that you deserve. I'm Gail MacDonald, coach, teacher, mum and tea drinker, living a life of alcohol freedom and I'm here to help you to transform your relationship with alcohol in a way that feels good so you can live the life you deserve without alcohol holding you back. Welcome to a brand new podcast episode with me Gail from Sober Bliss. Today I'm going solo on this podcast um, and I'm a little bit nervous because I've never had um, a solo podcast episode before. But actually it's my dream for 2021 and onwards actually um, to get out of my comfort zone and to do something different and the podcast idea has been on my mind quite a lot. So I thought, okay, well, let's just go for it. And if there's one thing that sobriety has taught me, is that I can do anything. I mean, you know, I stopped drinking, so if I can do that, then there's no limits to what I can do. And I want you to feel the same, because you can stop drinking. You really can. And you can do anything that you want. So today's episode is just a little introduction. Um, If you don't know me, then I'll explain a little bit about my journey, the early days of sobriety, how I did it, what I did and how my life has changed. And if you do know me already, then hello, hello, welcome. Um, I'm so pleased to be bringing you this brand new podcast episode. And I'm actually recording this from my car um, because it's the only place where the sound is really good. But you may or may not know that I live in a really big, like, drafty warehouse. So if there's random bangs and pigeons, you know, cluttering about on the roof, then I do apologise. But here I am in my car on a wet, actually... Sunday morning here in Spain. So, I stopped drinking on the 28th of March 2018. So while I'm recording this today, it's coming up to three years of sobriety, which I'm quite surprised at because before I stopped, I never ever imagined that I could go three days, let alone three years, But here I am, still going strong and actually loving my new alcohol-free life. It is probably the best thing that I've done. Don't tell my kids that. But personally, it's the biggest, most satisfying achievement that I've done to date. Because I know there's more to come in my life. And that's what sobriety brings. Opportunity and courage and strength and confidence which is one of the benefits that I've experienced but I'll talk to you a little bit more 
about other benefits as we go through the episode. So yeah, March 28th, 2018 was the day that I finally said goodbye to alcohol forever. And how it happened was my husband actually the day before said to me, okay, that's it, I'm not drinking anymore. And part of me was like, what? Are you mad? What's going on? Where's this come from? And the other part of me was just thank you. Oh my God, thank you so much. Um, Because at that point, I'd been thinking about stopping drinking. You know, I'd been reading blogs and books and writing lists and just wondering how on earth I was going to get out of this horrible cycle that I'd been in for such a long time. I was probably drinking daily for about five years, I would say, maybe the odd day off here and there, but nothing really substantial. And I was just tired of it. I was sick of the horrible cycle that I was in. And I knew that it was getting in the way of my life. It was taking everything away from me. But I couldn't really see how I was going to get out of it. So when my husband said, okay, that's it, I'm not drinking, I thought, okay, well, you know, if he's not drinking, then I can't possibly drink. However, there were some beers left in the fridge. So on his day one, I drank those three beers that were left in the fridge and I started the next day. And that was it. And it's really strange because this time it felt different. Um, I'm not sure how exactly, but I suppose that I kind of knew that this time was different. And we didn't say, okay, well, we're not going to drink for a week, a month, six months, a year. It was just, that's it. I'm not drinking anymore. And we didn't say forever either, which is important because When you think about that, it's so huge and massive and it just seems impossible, especially if, you know, you're like me and I couldn't really string together more than a couple of days at a time. The thought of forever was just so far out of reach and it was a scary thought. So I just thought to myself, okay, well, I'm not drinking. And that's it. The decision was made that I wasn't going to drink. And it's a bit like the Michael Jordan quote, which I share quite a lot, if you've heard me on other podcasts or talking about my journey. Michael Jordan said, once I made the decision, I never thought about it again. And it was like that for me with drinking. It was okay, decision made, I'm not drinking. And that kind of got rid of the wine witch, you could say, or the beer monster, because I was a beer drinker. Because in the past, it was kind of hanging on and, you know, a toss-up between will I drink or won't I drink? I'm having this craving or it's a really stressful day. Will I drink? Won't I drink? And of course, the alcohol always won. 
But because I'd made that decision in my head, obviously with the help of my husband, then I knew that drinking wasn't an option anymore. So then I thought, okay, well, what am I going to do instead? What am I going to do instead? And that's what kind of got me on the journey, I suppose. Moderation no longer entered the equation. Um, Will I, won't I was no longer an option. It was just, okay, I'm not drinking. So what am I going to do instead? And in the early days, what I did instead was I basically sat on the sofa, drinking tea, eating cake and watching the TV. So yeah, I sat on the sofa, drank tea and ate cake and chocolate actually. Chocolate figured quite high in my sober toolbox in the beginning. And that's what I did for probably about two months, I would say. That combined with walking. I talk about this a lot in my blogs and, you know, other places. But I walked a lot. I got outside. I got out of the room where I used to drink. And I went outside and I walked. Which really helped to clear my head. And if you listen to the podcast episode that I did with my friend Nicole Gabriel, who talks about how connection to nature can really help with our overall well-being, mental, physical, emotional well-being, then you'll understand why walking was such a good thing for me to do. And whenever I write about anything to do with sobriety, then I always say, get outside, go for a walk. And there's a good reason for that, which you can learn about in the other podcast. But basically, walking really helped in the beginning Connecting with nature, getting out, fresh air, something different to look at. And it also gave my mind a chance to wander, if you like, to escape, give me something else to focus on, to look at, to, you know, to experience. And it really helped me to get out of that mindset that I was in when I was drinking. So walking, tea, chocolate and cake were huge for me. I would say those were the things that got me through and also my husband. And we'll talk a little bit more about sharing and connection as I go through the episode. And it sounds pretty boring. And to be honest, it was pretty boring those first couple of months. I was probably you know, detoxing, I was unlearning behaviour. So instead of reaching for a drink, I would go for a walk. Or instead of reaching for a drink, I would make a cup of tea. I would have some cake (laughs) or some chocolate. Um, I would sometimes go and sit on my bed and read a book. Lots of different ways that I would manage the cravings, manage the urges... And manage the, what on earth am I going to do with myself type of feeling. Because when you're so used to automatically reaching for a drink to do anything, which is what I did, you know, 
alcohol would accompany me through anything and everything. Work, phone calls, um, you know, bath time with the kids, homework time, cooking, cleaning, anything that I did or had to do, I would have a beer first, during, and then obviously after to reward myself for doing the thing that I was doing. And when that's no longer there, it's weird. It was very strange for me. And I probably replaced the beer with tea pretty much, you know, straight away. I was never one for alcohol-free alternatives. I was a beer drinker and I did try a few alcohol-free beers. But I just didn't really enjoy them that much. So I switched to tea and... I still drink a lot of tea, (laughs) Um, which is why in the introduction I say I'm a tea drinker because that's exactly what I am. And tea really helped in the beginning and it still helps today. So the early days were pretty much spent in um, a cocoon, I suppose, of tea, chocolate cake and walking and, you know, having the support of my husband. But that's what I needed. I think because before I stopped drinking, my life was very chaotic and there were no kind of um, boundaries. Nothing was consistent. It was all over the place. So I really enjoyed that time to be calm and to be quiet, to sit and read, to drink my tea and to just get used to a different way of doing things. And all through those early days, you know, those first couple of months, I still was hanging on to the fact that I'd made this decision that it was never going to be, will I, won't I? It was, I'm not drinking, what can I do instead? And that's what really helped. This mindset shift in me took away um, the difficult choices you know the conversations in my head that I'd been struggling with that I'd struggled with in the past and it wasn't easy you know the decision was easy to make but then following it through it was a struggle at times there were times when it was four o'clock and I just couldn't Imagine having to get through another few hours without a drink. So those were the days when I would have a shower, put my pyjamas on and go to bed. You know, there were days when I would be in my pyjamas and in bed by six o'clock with a book. And that was fine. That's what I needed to do. And that's what I want you to remember. Do what you have to do. You are your priority in this journey. So if you need to escape and go for a walk or if you need to shut yourself away in your room, if you need to lie in the bath for hours, you know, do it. It's so important. And the more you do these things, whatever they might be, knitting, reading, cooking, gardening, you know, there's so much choice out there. The more you do those things instead of drinking, the more you learn this new behaviour. You've probably heard about neural pathways and, you know, making new patterns, making new pathways. 
And the more you do the new things, the less the old ways will pop up into your head. And you will begin to associate relaxation with the thing that you do now. So reading or knitting or cooking or walking or, you know, whatever it might be. The more you do these things, the less you will associate these situations, these triggers, I suppose, with alcohol. And the easier it becomes. And the other thing that really helped me in the beginning was that very first day that I woke up and I hadn't drunk the night before and I actually slept really well because I didn't wake up at three in the morning, you know, with that horrible dry mouth. So you need to get a drink of water and then you need to go to the loo and you can't remember what you did or said the night before And you wake up in a panic, your heart's hammering, you feel just so bad and guilty and that regret of, oh God, you know, I did it again. That just didn't happen that very first night. And it was a revelation to sleep through the night. And that morning when I woke up, I was like, oh wow, this is amazing. You know, I feel really good. I was a bit tired and groggy and, you know, probably in withdrawal and detoxing a little bit. But I felt normal. And I think that is what did it for me as well. This new normal was so different to the normal I'd been living with for all of those years. I thought it was always normal to wake up feeling awful. I thought it was normal to wake up and have a massive drink of water with a couple of paracetamol and a sweet tea to help me feel better. I thought it was normal to be, you know, fuzzy-headed and grumpy and lethargic and tired. I thought it was normal to have kind of a low-grade hangover, I suppose, I thought it was normal to wake up on a Sunday morning just feeling so wretched and ill and with the worst hangover. You know, sometimes my hangovers would mean I was in bed until three o'clock on a Saturday or a Sunday. And that was just the worst thing ever because, you know, hangovers for me were like my own personal hell. And those hours wasted when I wouldn't do the things with my kids that I said we would do. I wouldn't do the things that I wanted to do for myself because I was just ill in bed. I thought that was normal. So waking up that very first day with a different normal, it was just a revelation. And I thought to myself, this is it. This is how it's going to be. This is how it's got to be. I'm never, ever going to go back. I don't ever want to wake up feeling so bad ever again. And that's another thing that got me through. I just felt so amazing that I just wanted it to carry on. I never, ever wanted to go back to feeling the way that I'd felt. It was a revelation. It was amazing. 
and I thought, gosh, uh, I thought I'd been let into a, the biggest secret in the world because I never experienced that feeling for such a long time. And that's what spurred me on. You know, that's what motivated me when things got difficult and I was having a hard time. Because life goes on when you stop drinking, you know, normal life happens. And we did go through some really tough times in the beginning days of the sobriety journey as a family and personally. And I'll talk about those probably in another podcast episode. But... As I said, drinking again never entered my head, so I found new ways to cope with the difficulties that were happening in my life. And combined with the feeling of waking up clear-headed and well-rested and just feeling normal were enough to keep me going. No matter what, no matter what happened or would happen, I knew that drinking was no longer an option. But that comes from a positive angle. So often when we decide we're not going to drink anymore, we don't want to drink anymore, it comes from a place of shame and regret and guilt and often, you know, hungover. It's not a great place to start. So I had it in my head that this was a positive thing and I think probably that's one of the big mindset shifts that I experienced and it's something that I work with daily it's something that I focus on daily and it's something that I you know help our members with in our support membership space I always always focus on the positives and that is important so I looked forward to having my tea and cake I look forward to having the chocolate I look forward to going out for a walk. I look forward to doing things differently. Um, I enjoyed getting through a situation that I didn't think I could get through. Even though it was tough at the time, I knew that if I could do this, if I could get through this day, this moment, then I would feel so much better. I would feel proud of myself which I'd never felt proud of myself, you know, for a long time. So coming at this journey with a positive attitude is just so, so helpful. And I'll probably do a podcast episode on that as well. So just to recap then, um, things that helped me in the beginning on my sober journey. The first thing was... Making that decision, making the decision that I wasn't going to drink no matter what, got rid of the internal dialogue, it got rid of the difficult decision, it got rid of the wine witch, I suppose, to some extent, because I knew that it was never going to be, will I, won't I? It was, okay, I'm not drinking, what am I going to do instead? And I found things to do instead which helped the other thing that helped me was focusing on those good feelings 
So waking up that very first day sober was such an amazing feeling that I hung on to that. And often if I was struggling, my husband would say to me, just think of the morning. Just think of how you're going to feel in the morning if you don't drink. And think about how you'll feel in the morning if you do drink. So those two comparisons, you know, really hit home to me. And I always focused on how good I would feel inside, not necessarily physically, because sometimes, you know, I didn't sleep well, but how I would feel inside knowing that I didn't drink the day before. That's what kept me going also. The other thing that kept me going was I started to shift my attention to what I wanted to do. You know, in the beginning, my main focus was just getting through the days with tea and chocolate and cake. But then gradually, as my energy came back and, you know, the fog kind of cleared, I thought, okay, well, what am I going to do? What do I want to do? And I started to imagine what I wanted my life to look like. For the first time, I had something to really look forward to. And that's what led me to starting Sober Bliss. Because I knew that I couldn't keep the secret to myself anymore. And I wanted to help people experience this profound transformation that I'd experienced. So that's, you know, what kept me going and what kept me motivated. I had a vision board I did visualization. I still do those things today to focus on where I'm going, where I want to go, how I want to feel, what I want to do, what I want to experience instead of looking back, which I think is probably what, you know, made it difficult in the past because I was always focusing on the bad stuff of the drinking days, which brought about, it's you know, the old the other feelings of shame and regret. But by focusing instead on what I wanted out of my alcohol-free life really helped to keep me going, keep up the energy, the motivation. Um, And it was such an important part of my journey. And it still is today, so much so that in our membership support space, we're going to have a whole month in March, focusing on creating a vision for our sobriety because it's such a wonderful, inspiring, motivational thing to do. But I'll talk a little bit more about that um, in another podcast and you'll hear me mention that again very soon. So making the decision, focusing on those incredible feelings that I felt in the morning and having this vision of where I wanted to to go and obviously tea, chocolate and cake. But the other big thing which helped me in my journey was having the support. I honestly can say with hand on my heart that if it wasn't for the support of my husband, then I would have really struggled. You know, as you know, as I said, it was my husband's kind of choice with regard to his own drinking that helped me to make my decision too. And just having him there in the house, knowing that I could talk to him 
whenever I wanted, I could explain how I was feeling and he would get it, was such a big help. There was no alcohol in the house right from the beginning. You know, after I drank those three beers, then we didn't buy any alcohol again, ever again. So not having it there as a temptation also helped. And I realise that I'm very lucky in that respect. Having somebody at home who is on the journey with me at the same time and also not having alcohol in the house really helped in the beginning because there was no temptation and there was also somebody who I could talk to and say I'm having a bad day, I'm having a bad moment, what can I do, help me and it was also great to celebrate with him as well. You know, after the first week, I was like, oh my God, we've got through a week, can't believe it. Um, So that was really nice too. And that support and connection and having somebody there to talk to is another reason why I started Sober Bliss. And that's the main reason why I currently have my membership space. We come together regularly, you know, three times a week. And we talk to each other, we share things, we ask questions because we're all in it together. We understand what we're going through. We understand what it's like when we're struggling and, you know, we don't want to have a glass of wine to numb it out. We understand what it's like when we get through a difficult situation and we didn't drink. We celebrate these moments together. We help each other through the difficult times. We laugh, we cry together. It's a safe space where we can just be ourselves and talk about anything and everything without that judgment and that shame and that fear. We get each other through things, we lift each other up and that is probably the biggest thing in this journey. You need people around you who get you, who will support you, who won't judge you, who will be a shoulder to cry on, who will give you a hug virtually (laughs) at the moment with the coronavirus, who will lift you up, inspire and motivate you. So that's why I do what I do because I really understand the importance of this support connection and conversation. The other thing that helped me was being open to trying new things. You probably heard me talking about this before or you might have read in my blogs that I tried everything in the beginning. Some things I still do today like walking obviously, yoga, meditation, journaling, um, what else? I can't think. (laughs) Um, Knitting, I didn't try knitting but I know people who do knit a lot. Um, I tried different music, I tried different foods, I tried different routines. I've done so many different morning routines, you know, just to experiment. I've tried doing different things in the evening. Uh, tried different types of meditation, different types of yoga, different forms of exercise. Um, 
because everybody's different, the journey's different, what works for you might not work for somebody else. And also what works for you right now might not work in three or six months time. I used to nap a lot, but now I don't nap anymore. But that's not to say that, you know, napping won't help you. So it's about being open and trying new things, having a willingness to try and keep trying. So if the bubble bath doesn't work, try something else. If the cup of tea doesn't work, try something else. If the meditation is not helping, try something else. Keep trying, keep exploring, keep experimenting. And the more you do that, the more you will find things that work for you. And I suppose the biggest thing that I did that got me from being a daily drinker for five years to being almost three years sober is that I just did it. I just went with it and I just tried I remember I spent so long wishing, dreaming, thinking, hoping. I would read all the blogs. I would listen to the podcasts. I would imagine myself getting through a craving. I would wonder what it would be like to go out and not drink. I would hope. I would wonder. I would dream. But I never actually did it. And I think that's the thing. I wrote about this in a blog just recently about overthinking and I'm going to do a podcast on that too. I spent so much time in my head thinking and planning and wondering and dreaming that I never actually got round to doing anything until I did. So that was it, I think, you know, just doing it for myself Because all the thinking, the planning, the researching, the reading, you know, in the world, it doesn't replace action. Actually doing it for yourself, making that decision and, you know, getting through that first day um, is the only way that you're going to know. It's the only way that you're going to find out. It's the only way that you're going to grow and experience and get stronger. So it doesn't matter how slowly you go. It doesn't matter, you know, how how difficult you find it. As long as you keep going, as long as you make that commitment to yourself that you're going to try, then that's the only way you're really going to know. So if you want that thing, which is stopping drinking, then you have to commit to it. You have to do it. It's time to stop thinking and start doing, even if it's one moment at a time, one day at a time. You know, you have to try. Because if you don't try, then you'll never know. And you'll never get through those challenges. You'll never get your self-respect back. You'll never know what it feels like to get through a difficult situation and not drink. You'll never have the joy of celebrating that you got through a whole week and you didn't drink um you know and you will be able to do those things you will be able to 
dance and to sing and to go out and to relax without drinking. But you need to start. You need to take that first step. It doesn't matter how slowly you take it, but you need to take that step. And you will be able to have fun again. You will be able to switch off and cope with life's ups and downs. Um, but you need to you need to start. You know, thinking about everything that I did in those early days, everything that I tried, I only managed to do those things. I only managed to work out what worked and what didn't work. I only managed to get through the cravings and to learn new things about myself, I only managed to do what I'm doing now is because I made the commitment and I started. And it doesn't matter what that commitment looks like for you either. It, you know, it doesn't matter if you say, okay, well, just for today, I'm not going to drink. It doesn't matter if you say, I'm never drinking again, or this is forever, or this is for 30 days or 90 days. It doesn't matter what you commit to in terms of a time scale, if that's what you want to do. What's important is that you commit, that you make that promise to yourself that you're going to try. No matter what, I'm going to try. Because that is the only way that you're going to know. And that for me is the only way, you know, that I was able to, to get where I am today is just to commit and to try. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, yeah, I want to do it. I'm going to commit, but I'm terrified. I'm really scared. I don't know what to do. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Then come on over and join the community. I have a Facebook group, which is completely free. It's called Blissfully Sober. So come and join that. Check out the Sober Bliss website there's lots of resources on there blogs meditations podcasts um so much goodness that you can use to help you and if you want some actual in-person support from me and the other people in the community then come and join the transform support membership space and we will be there for you. We will help you get through your days. We will help you create this wonderful alcohol-free life that you deserve. So I'd love to have you in my community, in my circle, whether that's the Facebook group or the membership, or just send me an email. Just get in touch. Let me know where you are right now on your journey. And if you have any questions or if you just want to share, then drop me an email. Info at soberbliss.com. Check out the website, soberbliss.com. And let's talk. Let's connect. Let me help you. And let's do this together. Thank you so much for listening to this very first solo podcast of mine. I really hope that you enjoyed it and it helped you to come to that decision or it helps you to get through another day, another moment, you know. Um, if you enjoyed the, the podcast, 
do go over to iTunes and leave a review. I really appreciate it. Send me a DM on Instagram. Send me a, a message through Facebook. Send me an email. Get in touch and let me know how you are, where you are in your journey. And if you need any help, ask me and I will help you. That's what I'm here for. Because I want you to experience the same freedom from alcohol and the same love of life again that I have experienced. So I look forward to talking to you, connecting with you and helping you live the life of alcohol freedom that you deserve.